The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. Okay. Okay, so let's, um, we'll springboard off the William Blake poem. So the Garden of Love. I went to the Garden of Love and saw what I never had seen. So I think that's pretty clear that he's, he's returning to the Garden of Love. So he's been there before. So I, I went to the Garden of Love and saw what I had never seen. So he'd been to the Garden of Love before, but this time in going back, he saw something that he'd never seen there before. So that idea of the, um, the innocent, you know, returning to the childhood innocence or returning to that place within our hearts um, where maybe we reflect back. I'm sure we've all had heartbreak We've had our hearts broken, romantic involvements. And, but there was a time before that had ever happened. And we know what our heart or our emotions felt like then. And so it's, um, it's being able to return to that, to that uh, let's say, more innocent or purer state of consciousness. So that ability, and that's something meditation gives you, is to return because for most people, for a lot of people, the journey is um, away from that, and it forever is away from it. You know, we never get back to that, that pure space within ourselves. So, I went to the Garden of Love and saw what I never had seen. A chapel was built in the midst where I used to play on the green. And so, so I'd like to hear from some, some of you about what that chapel might be in your life. You don't have to be specific about your life, but just in general. What are some of the chapels that have, have become built on what used to be that, that beautiful green field that you used to just play on? What are some of the chapels? Yeah. When I got from that was you have a life, you try to get into meditation and peace of love and all that, you go there um, and see the things you had never seen. A whole different world opens up to you when you look at it through those eyes. But then in the middle, um, I found that chapel to be kind of a, a negative thing where right. organized religion, whatever, we surprise the world, and they pull, tied up his desires in like a thorn bush, it didn't sound like it. It just it wasn't pleasant. They took what he liked right. and they made it unpleasant. And so then the question is, what in your life would, rep- would be an example of a chapel? Like, for example... Okay, I'll go ahead. Oh, sure, good. A nine-to-five job that, that, that maybe you're not excited about going to. So there's a difference. We, you might have a job that's... Um, the, 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 
you go to pay, to pay the rent. You go to make money. Or you might have a job that you're excited about every morning you get up. It's your passion. But if it's the former, if it's just a place to make money, then that might be a chapel in your life, in, in this example. What, what, what else? Yep. Mm. The more you see all things maybe not so good, mm-hmm. or why they're not so good. Okay, good. What else? Um, life of working on weekends. The life of working on weekends. And having it steal your life. Right. Because I remember when I was in school, the weekend would turn, come around, and it was like there wasn't a worry in the world. But now the old nine to five. Right. Okay, good. So, so, career, so we've touched on the concept of career, um, education. What, what, what else might become that chapel? What's that? Yeah, family, relationships. So again, it can be that a relationship is is joy, a joy creating environment. Or it could be that a relationship has become like a codependent, unhealthy experience. And so where there was once this openness and freedom in life, now there's this, um, there's this entity there that's not really providing joy. Might be you've overcommitted yourself or you're just all the things we get involved with in life, looking at those things and saying, okay, are, are those... Um, are those things in my life, are they a natural outgrowth of my joy and happiness in life? And are they furthering that? Or is it not? And when you realize it, it takes a lot of courage uh, to realize that it's not. And that's when meditation can be so valuable because in meditation, you can go into that calmness, that peacefulness within yourself, get really rooted in that, and you start to learn that that's always there. And then that becomes something you can, it's like an anchor for making changes in your life. Because a lot of times we're afraid of change because, you know, hey, it may not be a healthy relationship, but it's the only relationship I have. And if I don't have that, I have nothing. So we're terrified of the nothingness. We're terrified of being alone. But if you, can, if you can learn to sit quietly in meditation and be comfortable being alone, then you have a real strength that allows you to make change. I went to the Garden of Love and saw what I never had seen. A chapel was built in the midst where I used to play on the green. And the gates of this chapel were shut, and thou shalt not writ over the door. The gates of this chapel were shut. And so, to me, that, that line speaks, because it's also, he could have also said, and the gates of the chapel were open. And he could have, and he could have gone in and had a beautiful experience. I don't know if any of you have seen the beautiful movie about St. Francis of Assisi. It was made like in the 60s by, um, who's the famous Italian director? He did the old, the classic Romeo and Juliet. 
um, Fellini, one of the great directors. He did one about um, St. Francis of Assisi. And what happens with St. Francis of Assisi is he, he's the son of a wealthy merchant, but his heart is just enraptured with God. And, and um, so he ends up founding, uh, I guess it's the Franciscan order. But it starts out with just a, a group of guy, five or six men and one woman. Um, and they, take, they find this old, broken-down chapel out in the countryside, and they turn into this beautiful chapel. And, and its doors are wide open. So, you, so there's, there's definitely religion or chapel or, or um, religious experience that can be full of beauty and joy. And, you know, so it's not to say religion is not a good way to go, but those doors have to be open. Their sunlight has to be coming in, has to be full of life. But you'll see he defines clearly the gates of the chapel were shut. So there's this big church that says, this is where God is, this is where truth is, but the doors are shut to everyone. It's, it's not open. And so that's what happens a lot of times in um, religion. We're told, oh yeah, there's a wonderful world of heaven and God and all these great things, but we control access to it. We have the keys to the door and you have to, you know, do this, 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 and this, and then we'll let you in. So someone's taking control of it. They've shut the doors and they're controlling. So that's the... Um, and thou, thou shalt not writ over the door. All the things we shouldn't do, but what should we do? You know, again, so um, the critique of organized religion, okay, don't do this, don't do that. But what are you supposed to do? Well, one of the things St. Francis of Assisi said was, love first and then do whatever you want. Which is a beautiful statement, because if you, if you love, if you have love in your heart, then everything you do is going to be coming from that love. Versus the negative thing of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Which again can be good for some people at a certain level of development. You know, you have to tell a little kid, don't cross the street, don't eat dirt, don't hit your brother, don't do this. You know, like steer them out of all these trouble things. So some human beings, that's what they need. Don't steal, don't lie, don't be mean to people. To, you know. But at a certain point, you, hopefully you grow beyond that. You've learned the things you shouldn't do, but then the big question is, well, what should you do? So I turn to the garden of love that so many sweet flowers bore. So he sees the chapel. That doesn't do it for him. Then he turns back to the garden of love because the chapel doesn't occupy the whole space and looking for, for those flowers. And what does he find? It was filled with graves and tombstones where flowers should be. <clears throat> and so what, what, what in our life could be those graves? So we've talked about what the chapel could be. What could the graves be? Regret. Regret. Mm -hmm. Regrets. Unfulfilled dreams. Unfulfilled dreams. Yeah, old habits. Destructive habits. 
insecurities, fears, things that bind, like Sri Chamoy used to say, um, what he would suggest people to try to do is feel that the past is dust. We've made mistakes in the past, things haven't gone right in the past, or, or just tr try to let it go. Try to let the past go. But the grave kind of symbolizes, okay, here's, and I, this is not meant to be a critique of burying people or anything like that, but just symbolically, you know, there's, there's the, the huge grave. And so it just constantly reminds you of death and the sorrow. And I saw it filled with graves and tombstones where flowers should be. And priests in black gowns were walking their rounds and binding with briars my joys and desires. Priests in black gowns. And so there again, looking at your life and, and who are the priests in black gowns walking their rounds in your life? Could be the bankers, Chase Manhattan Bank. <laughs> could be, um, could be negative thoughts inside your mind. It could be your mother or father's voice from childhood telling you you're no good and you're never going to amount to anything. Or your own thoughts. Yeah, your own thoughts, your own. Um, yeah, tell, you telling yourself negative things. And priests in black gowns were walking their rounds and binding with briars my joys and desires. And so we talked about that in the meditation a little bit, about figuring out what your joys and desires are. Because sometimes in life, those parts of ourselves have been bound up by, by those priests, whoever those priests are in your life. Those joys and, and desires have been bound up and you've kind of even forgotten what they are. You know, life can become kind of robotic. Just kind of day, day after day and time seems to go faster because you're less conscious of things and so time speeds up and... <clears throat> And so to try to remember, you know, what are, again, with, with, with Sri, Sri Chinmoy's vernacular, I would, I would suggest aspirations. You know, what are your joys and, and your aspirations in life? And if you're not sure what they are, then it's, you, you better figure it out because <laughs> it's your life and... and um, and it go, time goes quickly. And so, again, we get so bound up in what other people want from us. You know, society, our parents, relationships we're in. We, we, get, we get so bound up in trying to please other people um, that we kind of lose, lose touch with our own hearts and our own aspirations and joys. And so finding, discovering in your life what those are.
or rediscovering. And a lot of times they're going to be really contrary to what people think you should do. Because you might just want to go spend the day in the park or, or go to the museum and look at art. Whereas society is telling you, you know, be productive, spend your time making money, do this, do that. But in your heart, what you really want to do. Has anyone like recently or in, in recent past re rediscovered a certain joy in life that you had, had forgotten about? Or did, have you brought back some joyful thing that you used to do when you were younger into your life? Has anyone had that experience? Yeah, great. Rediscovering the joys. Anyone else? Like a joy you've rediscovered in your life? Mary? What about meditation? And so that, the, in addition to thinking of something like you used to do that would give you joy, the other thing is to look inside yourself and there's probably things you wanted to do when you were younger or even now that you kind of want to do but you have a bunch of reasons why you can't or shouldn't or whatever. But to, but to give those things some space in your life. And even if you say, okay, just five minutes a day I'll, I'll draw or I'll sing or just allow yourself that little space and see how much joy just that little bit of time gives you. And then, you know, you can be the judge how much to expand that. Okay, great. Well, um, thanks to William Blake tonight for guiding us through that. Hundred and... When did he live? The, the 
1850s? Let's see. In homage to him, we'll figure out when he lived. Let's see. 1757 to 1827. Yeah, so even before the Industrial Revolution. But he's dealing with the same things we are. It's the human experience. It, it doesn't change. Just the outer shape changes, but the human experience is the same. <clears throat> so I'm going to be out of town the next two weeks. I'm uh, going on a sailing trip with uh, my sister and her kids and one of my cousins, and then down to New Zealand to uh, do some lectures. There's some Sri Chinmoy centers down in New Zealand, so I'm going to go down there and do some talks. So I'll be out of town the next two Tuesdays, so there, there still will be meditation, um, and it'll say on the, on the schedule who's going to teach it. Um, but I recommend coming because the two people who do it will be two different people. You'll get, a whole, you'll get their perspective on meditation, some different techniques, so, and you can always learn from others. And then there won't be philosophy after, so it'll just be the meditation practice. Okay. Thank you all. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.